In this very room There's quite enough love For all the world And in this very room There's quite enough joy For all the world And there's quite enough love And quite enough power To walk through our every fear For spirit One spirit Is in this very room In this very room In this very room So I invite you to allow my words to be your words this day. But they are offered in a spaciousness and, and generosity of spirit that is also mindful that if they are not a good fit, let them wash over you. Don't let them become a story, another story in your life of justification or resistance. But just simply let that which is alive enter into your heart. And so what I know in this moment in the I am of the I am, there's one life, one power, one presence, one love, one divine intelligence, that life, that love, that vibration of the Most High, that principle of truth is my life. And each time I speak these words, each time I decree this, I am shifted and changed. Something powerful and beautiful, mysterious, purposeful, and clear at a new level enters my awareness of being. And so I celebrate understanding it is not about gathering stuff, but it is about a state of being. I celebrate this day knowing that I am growing deeper and more beautifully fully orbed in the awareness that it is the consciousness that I live from, that I continue to craft as an artisan of spirituality that blesses all that I interact with, all that I am, all that I have been, and all that I will be. And so I just give thanks. I bless all of the beautiful teachers that have blessed us with their wisdom their insight, their consciousness from the master teacher from Nazareth, the great Nazarene, who Dr. Ernest Holmes so preciously acknowledged and celebrated the birth of that life, the birth of the Christ. To all of the teachers that have come before and after, and for the teachers that are here today, each and every one of us that springs forth from that beautiful tree of life. For this I give thanks, knowing everything is in divine right order, that it is also listening to ourselves deeply as we come together, creating that space. The space between the notes of the music, the space between the words spoken, the space between the thoughts. I celebrate all of it. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Well, welcome again. It's a wonderful day here, uh, and to have Charles Holt with us is such a, a joy and a delight. Um, as we have established as one of our practices, I'm going to invite you in this moment to just find someone that you may be sitting next to or someone that you're called to to just partner up with for a minute, and we're going to do a spiritual practice together. So if you wouldn't mind standing and, and finding someone that you're called to ex- experience this with. And if you need to do a threesome, you can do a threesome. There you go. 
So, as you find that person, there we go, twos, threes, there we go, beautiful. I would like you to look at that person and say, good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being on this planet at this point in time. You have gifts to share. You have love to share. You have power to reveal. And you have potential to fulfill. Let's make the world a better place. And so it is. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. So here we are. We're finishing up our our uh, work with the scans of, uh, trance of scarcity this month with uh, the beautiful work by Victoria Castle. So blessed to have uh, Charles with us today. He's going to be leaving here at one o'clock to catch a airpl- uh, an airplane at the Edmonton Airport. So. And I encourage you to, to uh, if you're interested in his books, he's got two wonderful books back there, some musical, um, some of his music. It's a wonderful thing to have in your library at home or to give as a gift. So let's make sure he leaves here with no product. How about that, huh? Yeah. So anyway, we're, we've been doing work around this. And I wanted to just to te- uh, give you a little bit of a background here. Our next slide is actually a, that's our teaching symbol. That is the science of mind teaching symbol. If you've seen that, I know people around that have that tattooed on their calves and all sorts of different places where I've seen that on people's bodies. But that is the teaching symbol. And what that represents is that V that comes down through those, those, those two, there's actually three quadrants there. There's a top there's the middle and the bottom, and what it represents, we've got another slide that sort of illustrates it. The top represents spirit, conscious thought, that we plant seeds of possibility, we set intentions for our life, and that descends down through this infinite divine um, opportunity for creativity. That always says yes. So Dr. Holmes calls it the law. The law can only say one thing, yes. So whatever we're being, whatever we're planting, whatever seed we're inserting, uh, uh, you know, life is joyful, it, it says great, and it, it helps to support us in that experience. It also supports us in the ideas of uh, I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve, or whatever that may be. And this infinite intelligence can only say yes. That's all it does, says yes. And so that center band represents that, the descent of spirit, the descent of this intention down into that fertile soil of creativity. And then the bottom is form. And so the reason I pointed out to you and I want to share it with you is we have an amazing um, artist in our community that has been heading up our weaving group. Uh, actually, my stole is new. This is my summer stole created by Noreen Crone Finley, who's sitting here to my right. Noreen, will you stand up again so we can love you up a little bit? There she is. It's like I said to somebody as they came in, I said, you know, if I dressed like this as a kid, I would have got beaten up. But pink shirt and a, and a scarf, you know. In my neighborhood, that didn't fly, but fortunately, in this neighborhood, it does, so thank you. But, but what it is, is, is that I, I want to point that out because if you look down below the screen there, you'll see that circle there. And what that symbol is, is our teaching symbol. And so Noreen came to me and said, I got an idea for a banner. I, and, and so what she did is, I don't know if you were here when we did it, but we had a, a community heart, and in that heart, we wove um, we wrote on a piece of ribbon an a intention word, 
like we did with our tiles, which are back there. We also have another tapestry that Noreen has created back to my right, your left, in the, hanging on the wall with our, our, our white stones. But anyway, all of our purpose words are hanging up there now. She took them painstakingly, untied them all from the heart, and wove them into that tapestry. So what that tapestry represents is our collective intentions. And it's a, it's a, it's a piece of art. And so I just wanted to let you know, because sometimes you're here, you've heard me talk about it a bit, but I want to just uh, really uh, provide a, an insight to it and why it can be so, such a, why I think it is such a powerful and beautiful uh, symbol of what we represent, that our intentions are, are always heard. And so our intentions are still alive here. And so it's just a celebration of that. It's a celebration of creativity, of artistry. We are a community of artists, spiritual artists. And I think it's so important. And so when Noreen started showing up with these stoles for me, I was just so touched because there's so much love. So I get to hang love around my, my neck each time we, we come here together. So we were just finishing up. We're talking about the six phases of flow from um, Victoria Castle's book. The six phases, and I've called it the six phase of belonging because belonging is really represents that state Belonging to ourselves, belonging to the truth of who and what we are. We are not broken. Our, one of our greatest mistakes is that we, ha- we have made uh, a whole story up and a whole lifetime up about uh, mistakes we have made, when in fact mistakes are very much an important part of our journey. So it's not about, and if we're not making mistakes, we're not living life. Is that not true, huh? Yes. So once we step into the wisdom of understanding there are no mistakes, this is all, it's been, it's been by right of consciousness, I continue to draw it and align it into my lives, align and attract into my life. And the way we shift and change that is we shift the very thing that's alive in us that is inviting those experiences into our lives. That's the hard work. Because sometimes we don't even realize that we're choosing things that aren't in our best interest. So waking up is really waking up to ourselves in a new way. So I want to share with you a beautiful quote. I'm, and I don't know where this quote comes from, so it came from you, because we're all responsible for it. It, goes, it reads as follows. I am created in substance, formed by substance, and unceasingly supported by substance. There is an allness in every illness and an all-sufficiency with every appearance of lack to fully express, to fully expand, to allow the opulent universe to fill my heart. So let's read that together. Here we go. I am created in substance, formed by substance, and unceasingly supported by substance. There is an allness in every illness and an all-sufficiency with every appearance of lack to fully express, to fully expand, to allow the opulent universe to fill my heart. Now, there's a declaration of truth. And that can be yours, and it is yours, and it's mine. So the next slide shows the, the cycle of abundance that Victoria Castle has in her beautiful book, The Trance of Scarcity. And she talks about it. She's devoted her whole life work to this in her story. Wonderful book. Wonderful, wonderful book. And it's about inhaling and exhaling, if you notice at the center of that circle. Generosity, giving, aligning, attracting, receiving, gratitude, openness, fullness, expanding into a bigger idea about ourselves. So there they are. Got our list of qualities there today that I'm going to talk about on the next slide. Aligning, attracting, receiving, gratitude, generosity, giving. Aligning is the opposite of forcing. Attracting is the opposite of grasping. Receiving is the opposite of numbing. Gratitude is the opposite of arrogance. 
Generosity is the opposite of hoarding. And giving is the opposite of stagnation. So beautiful things. And we get to decide where we are in that continuum in a beautiful, wonderful way. Have a picture of someone that you may recognize. Anybody know who that guy is? Well, probably 20 years ago you did. That is Alex Haley. Do you remember Roots? Remember the book, Roots? Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people don't know the story about Alex, but Alex Haley was working on his manuscript, Roots, and for four years straight, two times a week on average, he would receive a rejection notice from a publisher. So a lot of publishers out there, obviously. This went on for four years. And he tells the story of standing on the back of a freighter in the Gulf of Mexico, way out in the ocean, and he was so despondent and so depressed because he couldn't get, a door would not open for him. And he was ready to jump off the back of the boat and end it all. And as he stood there and he gripped the handrail and he looked out at the ocean and he looked at the foam of the, the propellers churning. He was on a freighter. He wasn't on a cruise ship. So obviously he was probably working as well. And he was ready to leap over the end. He heard this voice. And the voice said, Alex, we need you. We need you. And he realized it was his ancestors. And it was all the people in, in his lineage that said, we need you and we need this work to be brought to the world. So don't do this. We're with you. We love you. We support you. And so we need you alive and to, can, to, ca- to continue to carry this message forward. And, you know, Roots is a story of slavery, the story of some people in his lineage of, you know, a a time in the world where, you know, there's still still slavery going on in the world. And and so it's not over. But what his work did is it woke a lot of people up in a new way, a new insight to see what part of our history is. But his ancestors spoke to him so clearly. And so he didn't take his own life that day. He stepped back. He went back to his writing desk. And he finished the ninth version of Roots and submitted it again. And finally somebody said, we want to take this, your creation, and share it with the world. And so his experience of being to the point where brought to his knees of frustration, not knowing which direction to go, but being guided and supported because sometimes it takes us to get to, you know, when we talk about releasing our affirmative prayers, we, we release them. And sometimes we think we release them, but we're hanging on. And so he needed to let go of whatever was restricting the creativity and the opportunity. And it's such a touching story because we see things, we see, we see stories of celebration and we think it's always a straight line and man, they went from zero to a hundred and like that. Nine years and he wrote nine different iterations of Roots. And it changed the thousands, if not millions of lives in the consciousness. To, because when we understand one another, when we hear one another's stories, we have a better chance at loving one another. When we know one another, you know, when people cut us off on the freeway, or whatever they are that appear to be rude or not respectful or whatever it may be, when we have a deeper insight into what might be going on in their lives, it gives us a better chance of loving them. 
So, and sometimes people may just be insensitive, but it doesn't mean that we have to be insensitive. We don't have to spin down that cycle as well. Ernest Holmes said, there, no greater good can come to you than to know that the power within you is the power to live, to strive, and the power to create. To live, to strive. We're here to strive. We're here to stretch our spiritual muscles and to develop our gifts, to discover our gifts and our talents and, and to share those and to create from that. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, Dr. Holmes understood artistry. That's why I'm just so touched with our, our banner up there with the, with the ribbons. It's like, because we've, we've done that before. We've had the ribbons before and then we just clip them off at some point and, and they disappear. It's like, oh my gosh, they're precious. These are people's intentions. Your intentions are precious. Just like the infinite, this descent of spirit, the descent of the intention, this infinite, and it's waiting for us. It's like, oh my God, thank you so much. Charles, Charles was, had some, you know, the, he's amazing. He flies in, he flew in on Friday night, he has a meal, he comes in, does a workshop, and sings two songs, gets back on a plane, heading to Atlanta this afternoon. But he's, he's on the road 40 weeks a year, and he's, he's called to this. He said, I have to answer this. He was telling me that, that, that um, he went back to Broadway recently, and he said, I love New York, and I love Broadway. And he went and talked to his agents. They said, anytime you're ready to come back, you come back. And he said to me, I was talking nice about you. You're gossiping good about you while you're outside the room, <laughs> telling your story a bit. But he said he knew in his heart. He went inside, just like Alex Haley did. And he said, yeah, but not right now. I got other things to do. And so his other things to do, he'll talk about it a bit, but he's doing amazing work with children on this planet. And he goes into some of the, the poorest environments where it doesn't look like children have any options because he's the message. And he's able to tell these kids, look, see me? If I can do it, you can do it. And sometimes it's just one, one input, one, one idea, plant one seed, and it changes everything for somebody. I said to him last night at dinner, if you, if you change one life, that's beautiful. And I know he's changing hundreds, if not thousands of lives. And he's answering this call that's stirred in his heart. This man has a ministry that is just, I admire Tell you, I, tr I carried his book bags off the plane when he got off. I know each bag weighed 49 and a half pounds because I had to go up four flights of stairs with him. I'm just sweating bullets at the top. Yeah, Reverend Petty, they're pretty heavy. Yes, they are. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, let's buy all this product because I don't want to be lugging those bags back out to the airport. <laughs> There's some practicality. I may buy them all myself. Who knows? So aligning, this first principle, I just want to touch on him and then we're going to have Charles come back up to a couple of, we're, we're so blessed. You know, when he was looking for a community to come to in Canada and he said, everybody said go to Edmonton. You know, they got it going on there. And I said, yeah, here we are. He told me, he said, it was such a yummy experience the first time. I said, there we go, we're yummy. Yeah, we'll get t-shirts made up, say yummy on the front. So anyway, the first principle I want to talk a little bit about, I'm going to touch on them lightly today. This is just a wonderful book by Victoria Castle. It's, it's simple, it's clear, and, it, and it, gives us a, it gives us a roadmap. We all need roadmaps. We all need people who have gone before us that say, hey, you know what? You might want to change your trajectory a little bit and think about this, this way of being. So aligning, the opposite of forcing, demanding that we figure it out all by ourselves before disaster strikes. Anybody live their life like that? It's exhausting. Aligning. 
When the soul wishes to experience something, she throws an image of her experience before her and enters into her own image. From Meister Eckhart, 13th century mystic. That which we're looking for, we're looking with. Another thing he said. You know how powerful he was? He was burned at the stake by the Catholic Church. That's how powerful he was. Because he was, he was challenging the status quo. Got to get rid of this guy. So would you like a life of ease and joy, love and fulfillment? I'm signing up for that. So all we have to do with it is continue to align with that which is already flowing towards us. See, it wants our attention. It wants expression. And we welcome it like Alex Haley finally got so despondent. He said, I can't, I can't manage this myself. <sighs> Alex, we're here with you. We love you. I've, I have had a, had a love affair since I was a little boy with my grandfather. He died when I was 10. He was my guy. He was the guy I could go to, and he'd rub the back of my neck. and say, He'd whisper in my ear, you're a really good boy. Oh, my gosh. Really? Because no one ever said that to me. And, and it, it was so precious because it was, it was for the fullness of his heart, too. So when he died when I was 10, it was like, oh, my God. He's gone. And I was on the road to Fillmore, my first church. I was about 44 years old. I was angry at him from, for, so for, uh, I guess, 34 years. I was so angry at him for leaving me. And all of a sudden, he started talking to me. I talked to him last night before I went to bed. I said, Grandpa, what's, what's for me to do? And, I, you know, and, and he said, you go, boy. You go. You know what to do. You just go. Do your thing. And I, that was enough. But I, I love having that relationship. I love having that relationship. But aligning. Because it has our name on it. Our good has our name on it. And if you don't claim it and I don't claim it, nobody claims it. It goes on the scrap heap. No one else can have your good, so why compete? My good is my good. I look at Charles' ministry and I think, oh my gosh, what an amazing guy. On the road, 40 weekends a year. And, and so there's sacrifice that goes on with that. He won't, he didn't talk about this. I'm, this is what I'm making up about him. But, but what I know is that it, it doesn't allow him to do a lot of things that I can do, that I have in my life, where I can spend more time with the people that are precious to me, my family, my grandchildren, things like that. Then I have a community where we get to do, we get to bump into one another over and over again trying to figure this stuff out. But he's got this beautiful ministry where he goes in and he lands and he shares his gifts and he talks about the energetic of it. We're all energy. And it's transformative. We spent a yesterday afternoon at his workshop and it was so powerful where 16 of us had showed up. It was so powerful. And it was witnessing people telling their story and then doing forgiveness work around it. And to hold the space for one another in love, to sit there as they talk about in John of God. When you go to John of God, I've got our John of God row up here, um, and they say, just love God the way you know God. Just hold the current with one another. You sit in unconditional love. And it's so powerful because we do it together. And it's transformative because spirit has an opportunity to be more um, tactile and, and, and real and present through us. That's why it takes about a week to come out of that Abhijanya fog you're in when you come back. Dr. Roger Till tells a story about how he got into his car the first day he was back, the first time he went, and he drove through the garage door because <laughs> he forgot to open it. So I always make sure I leave the garage door open when I come back from Abhijanya. Attracting. We know, are, anybody here not know their address where they live? You're certain of it, right? 
Okay, Randy, you don't know, but we'll talk later about that. We'll get you, we'll get you some help. Um, or your, the color of your car or the bus that you traveled in today. You're certain of that. There's no doubt. And so she talks about attracting is, is to live in this, this self-assured knowing and to relax into it, to breathe into it, to relax. Some of the work we did with Charles yesterday started everybody out. Just take a breath because the breathing presents us. And now let's do the work. You ready to do the work? You always ask for agreement. It's always striking agreement. You ready to do the work? If somebody says no, then he's not doing it with you. But everybody said yes because they're on the spot. It, you know, yes. It sends, and what it does is it sends a signal to our hearts when we're attracting. When we trust ourselves. See, a big part of this spiritual practice is character. When we trust ourselves, then we can allow the good that wants to find us to find us. Isn't that beautiful thing? Oh, I gotta build, how do I build trust? Find a practice that you can consistently devote yourself to. Whatever that may be. One of my practices when I was studying practitioner and minister was to show up on time for my class. Never missed a class in three years and I always showed up on time. I didn't tell anybody. I wasn't trying to impress anybody. I was trying to build some trust within myself, some integrity within myself. What simple, you know, we don't have to like go to uh, Tony Robbins weekend or for two weeks or go sit on a mountaintop for a month. Those are lovely things to do. But why wait? What can you do today that aligns you with a beautiful practice? Charles came into the garage and one of my goals over the last couple weeks, now that it's warmed up, you know how that is in Edmonton, it gets cold here sometimes is to get the garage rearranged, because in the wintertime, if I need a tool, I go out, grab that tool, and I'm back in the house. You know what I mean? I want to warm up. And so there's stuff all over the garage on top of the, and I said, Charles, when you come back next time, this is all going to be tidied up. That's one of my goals. But that's one of my practices. And I don't try and do it all in one afternoon and say, you know what, I can do this section today. And then the next time I come out here, which will be another day this week, and I make the agreement, and I work this section. That's practice. What it does is it builds integrity. I've made an agreement to do this, and not only have I agreed, I'm going to do it. It's the activity. An abundance mentality attracting springs from internal security, not from external rankings, comparisons, opinions, possessions, or associations. Rumi, beautiful Rumi, said, don't question enthusiasm. What brings you to life? What brings you alive? That's what we need. Charles talks about his ministry, and he talks about the fulfillment of it, and it brings him alive. And to go work with these children. What brings you alive? And, he, and, and she says in this beautiful book, whatever it may be, feel as if it already is. Feel as if it already is. To play more in that, to continue to look forward. Jesus said you cannot plow the field looking back over your shoulder. You have to look forward to, to, to plow it straight and effectively. Receiving. Victoria Castle tells a story about going to Yosemite. She had this amazing experience. She loved it, and she just said, I want to take this home with me. So she walked out the morning that they were leaving, leaving the cabin and packing the car to go home, and she stood there, and she said, I am going to absorb you. I'm taking you with me, and she stood there with her arms open, and nothing, nothing happened. No download, no still, still small voice, and so she did it again. She said, wait a minute here. I'm, I'm absorbing you. I'm taking you in. I'm taking you with me. Nothing. So she finally tried it a third time, still nothing. And she turned around to walk back into the cabin. All of a sudden, she heard the voice that said, how about if we absorb you? How about if we absorb you? Say, isn't it interesting, just the shift in perception? It's not about we have to take on more. It's about we're already in the more, the greater yet to be. 
that it's not, we're, not, we're not alone in this. And to open to that awareness. Beautiful story. She says three times a day, find ways to bask in deep pleasure and satisfaction. Deep pleasure and satisfaction. When Charles is up here singing a song for me, I get, I get to hear him twice. First time he got up and sang this morning, I was over with a box of Kleenex. I'm like, oh man, now I gotta go talk. But it cracks you open if you're available to it. And it's not just the, it's not just the music, it's the consciousness upon the music. And, and when you watch this deep devotion to answering that internal call, it's, it's inspiring. And it's something that, that comes alive in us if we're available to it. Gratitude. Gratitude is the doorway to union, healing the separation. Gratitude is a, a move towards life to be deeply touched and expanded. Oh my gosh, so grateful for this day and all the blessings, the beautiful sunlight, the beautiful blossoming, the, the, the grass, we're finally getting the rain and things start to green up. It increases, gratitude increases my bliss tolerance. Gratitude is to speak gratitude is courteous and pleasant. To enact gratitude is generous and noble, but to live gratitude is to touch heaven. When we're in a state of gratitude, it's that perfected love of God. We're in a state of heaven. Oh, man. This this is a perfect day. This is just the perfect day. Charles is here. I'm like, man, we need this guy every week. (laughs) Every week. But you know what? We have all these other beautiful artists. Jim Finley shows up and he pulls together these musicians. And Mitch Smith is, you know, has been helping us with our music. And it's just beautiful to watch. So, and, and we can do that. We say, well, Charles has got to be here every week because it's so wonderful. But isn't it wonderful we can celebrate him and, 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 and bask in what he, has, what he represents and then realize, oh, my God, it's, we don't need to hoard this. We want to share this with the world. You know, God bless you, because you're in our hearts and we're in your heart. You know, we're in that tribe that understands, despite what's going on in the world, something wonderful, something more potent and powerful and creative and that serves so many other people, that is grounded in love, is having its way in and through and as us. And when we can do that in our own lives, we can celebrate love wherever it shows up. And that's it, that's heaven. So it's not based on conditions. It's not based on comparisons, security, external rankings, opinions, it's beautiful. This moment is perfect. Generosity. The true meaning of life is to plant trees under whose shade you never intend to sit. I love this because it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes to possibility. I've had have, I've have minister friends that have said to me over the years, because you can, you can have conversations with peers that, that are appropriate that you can't have with others. But a number of them have stepped out of platform ministry because there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of challenges in it. And some of them said to me, why, you know, we, we, want, we have this vision about possibility here. And they've said, uh, why would you build a new building? Why would you build a new building and then hand the keys to somebody? And I think, wow, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to pass on the legacy of, of what we've established and, and create a space so the greater yet to be can step in? But I hear that and I'm like, wow. And I just, I don't respond. It's like, I say to myself, why would you not? Why wouldn't you want to plant trees that someone else, the generations that come behind us, can enjoy the shade? I mean, that's part of a legacy. That's service. What seeds are we planting today that we, they may not break ground, but at least we're moving in that direction. We're nurturing and saying, God, what is mine to do here? 
I, I stand ready, willing, and, and able to do that. And it's not mine to judge that. It's mine to be available to it and open to it and to be of service to that. To me, I don't think there's anything more lovely. It's like, let's get used up, man. Let's just get used. Pima Chodron says in this book, we've got about 100 years to live, maybe. That's what, that seems like a long time. It's very short. It's very short. But why not be totally enrolled in your own evolution and your own maturing and your own spiritual awakening? Because then the delights just keep coming. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. She moves into generosity. I want to share this beautiful little short story at the beginning of chapter 9 in uh, Trance of Scarcity as I think it speaks, speaks volumes to what is so precious about it not being about stuff, it's about state or way of being. And she says, A wise woman was traveling in the mountains and when she came upon a beautiful clear stream, thirsty, she cupped her hand, reached in and brought the water to her mouth. After she had drunk, she noticed a precious stone in the palm of her hand. She held it high and it glittered in the sun. Delighted, she tucked the treasure into her bag. The next day, the wise woman met a hungry fellow traveler. And without hesitating, she opened her bag to share what food she had. Immediately, the traveler caught the sight of the precious stone and asked the woman to give it to him. She did so without the slightest hesitation. There you go. Cheers. The traveler left rejoicing in his good fortune. This stone was surely worth enough money to provide a lifetime of security. But only a few days later he came back, his brow furrowed, and returned the stone to the wise woman. I've been thinking, he said. I know how valuable this stone must surely be, but I've brought it back to trade for something even more precious. Please give me what you have within you that enabled you to freely Give me the stone. Isn't that beautiful? Please, that's what I want. That's what I want. You know, when, I, when people like Charles are, are called into our community to share and, and, and to spend time with him, which is precious because he's so efficient in how he operates. He's in, does his thing, and he, he goes. Uh, but it's beautiful because I hear him speaking the, the, wor the words, but also generating the energetics of that generosity of spirit that is so precious and beautiful and inspiring. And so when I, when I run into Charles, I'm always, I'm always inspired. It's like, I want what he's having. Yeah, I want to, that's, what, that's why I was called to this work. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful experience. Generosity, people, generous people take pleasure in sharing what they have. If it's mine, it's yours. When you live from that, if we all live from that, wouldn't that be a, an amazing thing? If they have it, it's yours too, as she says. And then giving. Giving is expanding into greatness. We are what we repeatedly do. And that's why aligning and attracting and giving and generosity, gratitude, receiving, the receiving the fullness of ourselves. I accept the fullness of who I am. I put down the old stories, the old prejudice I have about myself, the judgments that I hold and harbor against myself or others. I put them down in this moment, and I don't have to put them down forever. You can always pick them up, you can leave them right there. I put them down right now. So that is because sometimes we're standing at the back of the freighter and we're ready to take the jump. So I'm gonna invite you to take a moment. I'm gonna pray us in, and Charles is gonna come back and do a song. We're gonna make sure he gets on his airplane and we get, give him time to sell product. We have Steve Sandy back in the bookstore as well. He's selling the, the John of God crystals today. 
I got a keychain from him today, these beautiful keychains, with the, and they light up. He's, and we're going to be selling those in uh, Brazil at the Casa eventually. Um, we're working on that, but he's back there as well. But I'm going to invite you in this moment to just be quiet again. Close your eyes if you're comfortable. And invite the ancestors in. What are your ancestors telling you? People were telling me on the way out what their ancestors told them as they just got quiet. What ancestor is showing up for you that is yours and yours alone? And what's the message? The beautiful thing about this is when we turn our awareness and we invite, they show up, but they need the invitation. And so I know something powerful and beautiful here as we move into this closing, this, this prayer, this affirmative prayer. Something beautiful is alive and dynamic in and through and as each and every one of us. Something beautiful and rich. And each time I relax in this present moment, align myself with the greater yet to be the truth of my being. One life, perfect life, God's life, my life. And so I just give thanks knowing that a new conversation has started this day. That the ancestry that is counting on you to fulfill and to be about the transformation of consciousness. Because that what does not get transformed gets transmitted. And I refuse to transmit anything unlike that which is divinely guided by spirit within me. That I free the body and blood of my ancestors in this moment I thank them for their nurturing, support, and love. And I know that my destiny continues to be clarified and revealed, that I step into the greatness. I step into this circle of abundance, of creativity, of opportunity, of giving, sharing, and receiving the fullness of myself. For this I give thanks. I invite you to say with me, and so it is.